Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. After this morning, you could wonder whether there's any need for me to preach on what I'm going to talk about. But it will do us good to look at it anyway. Because as we continue in our series looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, today we're going to look at the issue of how we remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, before I go any further, I'm aware that using that word, sensitivity, can give people some preconceptions about what I'm going to talk about. Some will immediately think that I'm going to talk about something that only relates to certain types of people. Those who are sensitive. The touchy-feely kind. Those intense people who always want to know how you feel about something. You know, they come up and you're talking to them and they say, Yes, but how does that make you feel? The second problem in looking at this subject is that sensitivity is always very subjective. It's something that you can't measure, you can't quantify. Some people feel that they are sensitive to the spirit, some people feel that they're not. But again, that's not what I really want to look at and focus on this morning. Because although we are encouraged to be sensitive to the Spirit in Scripture, we are provided with some checks and balances as well. And there's a third problem. The third problem is that some people think that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is only for some kind of spiritual elite. For those people who walk around and their feet manage to stay six inches above the ground. Those people who have a special hotline to God. And what we do if we're not careful is we develop a guru mentality about people like that. But they are so in touch with God that they know what he's thinking. Whereas in fact, some of those people are so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly use. And then, when we come to a subject such as this, there is just the downright weird and wonderful. Those people that you look at and you just think, I don't know what's going on there. But sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra in our lives. It's for all of us, whatever our personality type. And one of the things I love about Gateway is we have people from all points on the personality spectrum. We have creative people amongst us and people like myself that aren't particularly creative. So this message 
isn't aimed at any particular type of person. Because I think sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is something we all need to grow in. The Holy Spirit lives in every one of us. And he desires to have a relationship with each of us. And if we want to grow in our sensitivity towards him, the best place to look at how to do that is to look at Jesus first. And how he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because I believe he modelled that perfectly for us. The starting point has to be at his baptism. When his father commended him. Because it says that the spirit descended on him like a dove. John reports it like this in John 1.32. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend on him from heaven like a dove. And it remained on him. Now I don't know about you. But that picture of a dove descending. Gives me a concept of sensitivity. Because I feel that a dove, unlike the pigeons in the town centre, is something easily disturbed. And yet it says that the Spirit descended on him and remained on him. So what was it that Jesus did that shows us that he was so sensitive to Holy Spirit? As we look through his life, I think there are a number of things. And the first one is this. He went where the Spirit took him. In Luke 4, right at the beginning of the chapter, it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. When the Holy Spirit leads us, you know, we don't always end up in the most obvious place. Here was Jesus. He was at the start of his public ministry, having just been baptised by John. Where people have heard the Father's commendation of him, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit had fallen on him. And you'd have thought that this was time to burst onto the scene. To show everyone who he was and what he was about. But instead of that, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. And he was there for 40 days being tempted by Satan. Because God knew that was going to be a vital part of his ministry. As he was tempted... It showed over and over again that he was everything he said he was. The sinless son of God. He didn't give in to the temptations in front of him. Instead he resisted them because he was sinless. And that was vital. That was vital because when he went to the cross to take my sin and yours as he died, he had to be the perfect man. He had to be the sinless son of God. And so this time of testing in his ministry was absolutely key. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 4 we read this. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And so even as we meet this morning, Jesus is sitting at God's right hand, acting as our high priest, presenting us to God. We have there someone who's sympathetic, who knows what it's like to go through temptation, who understands the weaknesses that we live with day by day. And so the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness because it was central to his ministry and to the purposes that God was working out through him. So when we are sensitive to the Spirit's leading, it doesn't mean we will always do the most obvious thing. Sometimes we will do things that make others question whether we're hearing from God. For Jesus, this time made him more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but it also made him more sensitive to sin. Because sensitivity to the Holy Spirit brings sensitivity to sin. It also brings sensitivity to the strategies of the devil. Now I don't want to give the devil any credit here, but we would be wise to be sensitive to the strategies he uses, so like Jesus, we can learn to resist them. In James, we're told, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now the devil's not creative. He uses the same old tricks and the same old strategies time and time again. But the strange thing is, even though he does that, he still catches us off guard. We become blind to what he does. Or even worse, we sometimes think that we're immune to them in some way. For example, he still uses doubt and condemnation and a host of other of his favourite tricks to get at us. You would think by now we would be wise to it. But how often do we catch these words going through our minds? How often do these thoughts creep in? It must be me. I am so stupid, I am just a failure. Now when we're bombarded with thoughts like those, we need to recognise them for what they are. We need to stand up to them. Not just accept them and spiral into self-pity, but actually stand up and fight them with the truth. And then, as we start to recognise those strategies in our lives, we will be able to see where they're affecting other people as well. And we might be able to help them resist those same strategies in their lives. We've all had people around us, at some time or another, who have challenged our thoughts and our thinkings when we've been troubled. Someone who encourages us, who builds us up, and gives us the strength to resist. And so when he was in the wilderness, Jesus resisted the temptations put before him. He didn't give in to sin. He saw it for what it was, and he wanted no part of it.
And as we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, as we become more sensitive to sin, then we will have a desire to stay close, to feel his power in our lives. And it means we won't want to sin. Because we won't want to feel it coming between us. If we want to grow in sensitivity, we have got to be ruthless with sin in our lives. So the Spirit didn't take Jesus to the obvious place. Instead, he led him into the wilderness. But in so doing, he made him sensitive to the strategies of the devil and made him sensitive to sin. But then Jesus was also sensitive for another reason. And that was, he was in relationship. When you look at the life of Jesus, what you start to realise is nearly everything he did came out of relationships. He had loads of relationships with people. And his sensitive sensitivity to the Holy Spirit was exactly the same. It came out of relationship. God was at the very core of his relationships. And that's because God at his very core is relational. Now don't get me wrong, Jesus upset quite a few people. But they were largely the people who didn't want to hear what he was saying. Other people followed him. They loved him. Even children came to him. When he met the woman at the well, he knew exactly the right question to ask. With the rich young ruler, he knew what the biggest challenge in his life was going to be. With the woman who was bleeding, who reached out and touched the hem of his garment, he knew exactly what was needed in that situation. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And he wants to flow out of us and touch the lives of other people. When you read the Gospels, yes, there are amazing stories of miracles. But there are also many times when Jesus was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't quite so dramatic. When it was that quiet nudge, that gentle prompting, or as Elijah put it, that still, small voice. And so we need to begin to trust in our ability to feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. To feel that prompting and to respond to it. And when you look at Jesus, it wasn't blinding lights that affected most people. It was his conversations. Asking the right question. Making the right sensitive observation. Giving a penetrating challenge. To be sensitive to the Holy Spirit doesn't need a shaky hand. It doesn't need a wobbly voice. We can just be ourselves. We are all, on a daily basis, being prompted by the Spirit of God, feeling that gentle nudge. So I want to encourage you. 
write that card. Make that phone call. Have that cup of coffee. Ask the question. Share the verse. Tell your story. When God gives you one of those nudges, respond to it. Because what is the worst that can happen? You know, some people say, well, how do I know it is the Holy Spirit? Well, if you're going to write an encouraging card to someone, will it do any harm? No. They're going to be encouraged anyway. So let's be a people who respond to the nudges that the Holy Spirit gives. Because the truth is this, that the more we're prepared to do that, the more promptings God will give us. The more we sit back out of fear, the less sensitive we'll become to what God and the Holy Spirit want us to do. Looking back at Jesus, I believe his sensitivity came from spending time with his father. His awareness of that still, small voice of his father was finely tuned. I think it's because of the amount of time he spent with his father. And there's no shortcuts here. Jesus spent time with his father. He took time out. He went off alone to pray. He went up the mountain to get away from the crowd. And if time with his father was essential for him, how much more is it essential for us? If we want to grow in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, then we won't do that unless we take time to develop our relationship with God. We've got to take the opportunities to push through in these areas, to learn more about what he's saying to us and what is on his heart. In John 15, Jesus talks about wanting us to abide in the vine. He doesn't talk about us being part of it now and then. He wants us to live in it, to abide in it, to be part of it. And the truth is, we can remain in the vine. We can be part with partners with Christ even in the middle of our busy lives. Because Jesus didn't intend us to live solitary lives of meditation in order to build relationship. It's not about being reclusive or taking loads of days away. Remaining in Jesus is something that we can actively pursue on a daily basis right in the middle of our busy lives. We just need to carve out times when it's just me and God on our own. Spending time with him, deepening our relationship. Because doing that will always bring us increased sensitivity. I've been married now for something over 27 years. And I think over that time, I've come to know Morwenna a little better. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. And I hope I've, during that time, have become more sensitive to her thoughts. I knew what would upset her. 
And occasionally I try and avoid doing that. I know what will make her happy and sometimes I manage to do that. But I have to admit, you know, being a man, sometimes I don't listen to the little nudges. But that's a different matter. You can't take shortcuts. Building deep relationships takes time and takes energy. And then I think Jesus was sensitive to the Holy Spirit because of his obedience. He was perfect in his obedience. In John 17, he said, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And that included him going to the cross when he cried out, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then when he spoke to his disciples just before going to the cross, he emphasised, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He went on to say, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. If you love me, you obey me. You know, somehow, that's one of Jesus' requirements that we often try to put to one side. Is that Cliff Richard calling? Probably. Uh, okay. Yeah. Some things are just a priority in life, you know. And that's now on the tape for posterity, you know. But somehow, that question of obedience is something we try and put out of our minds. Now, don't get me wrong, I love grace. You know, there's nothing in theology that is more exciting than the fact that we are in relationship with a God of grace. A God who forgives us time and time again. Every time we do something wrong. And I hope that always comes through in our teaching. But we also need to emphasise that our love for God should be so consuming that we should want to obey him. That we should want to do the things that please him. That the thought of doing anything that would displease our Father should pain us. We should have that level of desire to love him. To obey him. To honour him with our obedience. And in his obedience, Jesus was perfectly sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So what I'd say to you is, do what he asks of you. You can start with the basic things, because they're there in scripture. They're things we are all able to do. Love one another. Even that person who makes you downright miserable. Don't conform to the world's standards. Use the gifts that he's given you. Be generous with your time and your money. Start with those basics and you will start to become more specifically sensitive to the things that God is asking of you.
about loving people, about reaching out to them, about stepping out in one area or another. And then Jesus was sensitive to the Holy Spirit because he knew the word of God. And I think this is a vital one for us as well. Because it helps with what will otherwise be something of a problem. The issue of subjectivity. If you've been in and around churches for any period of time, I'm sure by now you would have heard someone say something along the lines of, oh, I believe the Holy Spirit's leading me to do this, or God's told me to do that. Now we do need to be looking for God's leading in our lives. But I don't know about you, sometimes I find some of the things that people feel God has told them to do is quite unbelievable. I can remember one young lady who came to me and she said, very categorically, it was the opening of the conversation, that God had told her to go to a particular Bible college. It just so happened that the boy she was chasing at the time had just started there. And then she asked me what I thought about the idea. I mean, what can you say to someone who says, God has told me? I just said to her, if you are so sure that God has told you, why are you asking me? And she started to realise and admit that she was putting her own agenda in there somewhere. Having a good idea and then attaching God or the Holy Spirit to the end of it is not what this is about. Our measuring rod has to be the word God. God will not lead you into things that are contrary to his word. And I don't just mean in the detail of it, but in the spirit of it as well. So we must be careful to measure everything that we feel God asks us to do against his written word. Jesus did it all the time. When he faced the enemy in the wilderness, he replied, it is written. When the scribes and the Pharisees were pushing him for answers, he replied, it is written. In his interpretation of the law, he said, it is written. He knew the word of God. And we need to know it too. If you want to grow in your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, particularly if you want to grow in the prophetic, you need to know the word of God. Why? Because as you learn to hear God's voice through his written word, then it will bring the confidence in you to recognise when you hear him speak to you directly into your heart. And it's also true that it gives us something to measure the words that others bring to us by. It has to be one of the main ways we weigh and test prophecy. Because his prophetic voice to us today does not conflict with his written word. <coughs> we need to get to know his word if we want to grow in sensitivity to his voice. Now, 
we're getting to about that time of the year where if you read certain types of magazines, a particular type of article starts to appear. It will be headed something like, Seven Ways to Become a Beach Babe in Just Six Weeks. Or, a series of five-minute exercises that will revolutionise your body and your life. If you read different magazines, it might even be drop two dress sizes in just three weeks without trying. In order to become sensitive to the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit, we need to be doing some exercises. But we need to be exercising our spirits, not just our bodies and minds. So I've come up with some exercises that will help you build up your spirit. Because that is the part of you that speaks directly to God. Because Paul writes to the church in Rome, But when you have received the spirit of adoption of sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. It is our spirit that cries out to God. So here we have six exercises to help grow your spirit. Number one, worship exercises your spirit. In Luke 1.47, we hear Mary rejoicing in God. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. In John 4, Jesus talks about worshipping in spirit and in truth. He says this, But the hour is coming and is here now when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. If you want to exercise your spirit, if you want to see it grow and develop, then start worshipping. Because we can all worship God on a daily basis. We can worship him by the way we choose to live out our lives for him. By the way we choose to honour him. By lifting our hearts to him just as we go about our daily business. Number two. The word of God feeds our spirit. In John 6 verse 60 onwards there's a passage often headed the words of eternal life do you take offence at this then what if you were to see the son of man ascending to where he was before it is the spirit who gives life the flesh is of no avail The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. As we feed on the bread of life, on the words of Jesus, it feeds our spirits. Number three. Live holy lives. 
This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 7. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. If we are ruthless with sin, if we keep our spirits pure, we will become more sensitive to God. We need to go on a detox. Number four. Keep healthy relationships. With God and with one another. Paul talks to the Corinthians about this in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 13. Listen to what he says. And besides our own comfort, we rejoiced still the more at the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. Titus had been to visit the church in Corinth, and his spirit had been refreshed by them. Ask yourself this question. In my relationships with my friends, with my family with my spouse and any others, are their spirits being refreshed because of the time they spend with me? Or do they come away feeling drained? We need to be strong in this area. We need to be strong in this area so that our friends who don't know Jesus go away from their times with us feeling refreshed and noticing the difference. It will make them want to spend more time with us. You know when you've spent time with someone who refreshes you. You go away built up and encouraged. Number five. Know God's love. Paul finishes his letter to the Galatian church by blessing them. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He does that because he knows that that free, unconditional love that we have by God's grace will feed our spirits and will expand it. Is that where you live? Knowing God's love and letting it feed your spirit. Number six, praying in tongues exercises your spirit. It's that one gift that allows you to communicate to God spirit to spirit. Paul describes it as praying in spirit. Praying in tongues is like plugging yourself into a power source. And as you plug yourself in, the power comes And it feeds your spirit. It causes it to grow. How long you plug yourself in for will determine how much you benefit. So there's six things to exercise your spirit. There is a health warning. They might not improve your beach volleyball at all. Okay. But what they will do is give you a wonderful, 
growing sensitivity to the Holy Spirit enabling him to flow through you to reach out and to bless us you'll become more sensitive to his voice you'll enjoy more of his power and his presence flowing through you on a daily basis because that package is for all of us you just need to make up your mind but that's what you want that's how you're going to live a life sensitive to Holy Spirit the choice is yours We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 